Hi, I'm Paul Johnson, Director of the Institute for Fiscal Studies, and welcome to this week's episode of the IFS Zooms In, where we're going to look at the unequal effects of the coronavirus pandemic. Wherever we look, it seems that inequalities are shaping people's experience of coronavirus and of the lockdown. Ethnic minorities are significantly more likely to die from coronavirus than their white counterparts, while those in lower paid jobs are more likely to be in shutdown industries. In discussing this, I'm joined by Zhao Weizhou, Senior Research Economist at the IFS, who's been looking in particular at the labour market effects, and also by Ross Warwick, a Research Economist at the IFS, who's been looking at the differences by ethnic background. The lockdown, the virus, are affecting everyone, but they're affecting us in quite different ways. Some of those ways are obvious, some of them are immediate. The virus affects the old, it affects men more than it affects women. Some people have been furloughed, millions have lost their jobs, others are working pretty much as usual. And just as there are patterns to whose health has been affected, there are patterns to who's been affected economically. So to explore that, let's start by thinking about some of the economic effects. Uh, The most immediate effects will have been felt by those working in lockdown sectors like hospitality and the retail sector. So what do we know about who works um, in those sectors? Let me start by asking Zhaowei who we think has been most affected uh, by the economic impact here, by the fact that we've locked down a whole series of sectors. Zhaowei. Well, we know that the sectors that have been shut down during the lockdown, so as you say, things like hospitality and retail, are not particularly well paid. So it's disproportionately low paid people who work in these sectors. Um, So to give you a sense of scale, Around one in three employees in the bottom 10th of the earnings distribution works in one of these sectors that has been completely shut down, compared to just about one in 20 of those at the top of the earnings distribution. So it's the low paid who have been particularly affected. They're more likely to be in lockdown sectors, so they're presumably more likely to be furloughed and also more likely to be among those um, couple of million who have moved on to universal credit. Yes, exactly. So it seems like the largest economic impact is really going to those who are probably least able to bear it. And I think it's also the case, isn't it, that younger workers are more likely to be in those sectors? Yes, absolutely. So we find that workers under the age of 25 are two and a half more likely to be in one of these shutdown sectors than older workers. A third of those under the age of 25 work in shutdown sectors. It does seem to be the case that for many working in hospitality and retail and leisure um, seems to be the first rung of many people's career ladders. So rather, it's those who have been uh, not been doing very well for a long time, who once again, are being hit hardest economically uh, by this virus, by the lockdown, it's the it's the young, and it's the low paid. Uh, So they're the ones who we know working in the sectors that are are shut. What, what do we know about those who are actually able to work from home, those who in some sense are possibly least affected by this? Well, we see quite similar patterns, really. So again, it's better paid occupations that tend to be the ones where you can work from home. So for occupations like um, business professionals or managers or engineers, for example, about 80% of these jobs can be done from home based on our analysis. And that's looking at the task content of these jobs. So not who was actually working from home before coronavirus hit, but looking at the task content these jobs involve and um, predicting which ones can be done from home during the lockdown. So the uh, the higher paid are more likely to be able to work at home. Uh, the lower paid are more likely to be furloughed. They're actually, um, in some cases, more likely to be uh, in the um, in, in in sectors like the care sector where they have to go 
and work. And maybe that tells us something about why there have also been big differences, not just in uh, economic outcomes, but in, in health outcomes. So the Office of National Statistics last week published some quite striking figures on the distribution of where people lived uh, according to their likelihood of dying from the coronavirus and how that related to their socioeconomic status. Perhaps you could tell us a bit about that, Jawe. Yes, the Ernest released some statistics recently on um, looking at death rates from coronavirus in more and less deprived areas. And they find that those in the most deprived areas are much more likely to die of coronavirus controlling for age. Um, so we know that death rates in general are higher in more deprived areas, but the gradient seems even steeper for coronavirus. So the difference in death rates between the most and least deprived areas is even higher for coronavirus than for deaths overall. Now, the ONS, um, I think in the last couple of days, also released some interesting statistics on COVID-19 deaths by occupation. And I think that very much um, confirms what we expected in terms of who can work from home and who's most exposed to the disease. Um, So they find that for men, people in low-skilled elementary occupations were four times more likely to die than men in professional occupations. Again, this is controlling for age. Wow, those are quite shocking statistics. I mean, we're used to seeing on a fairly regular basis uh, figures in the newspapers and so on showing that mortality rates uh, are much higher among poorer uh, poorer groups and that um, the poorer regions of the country uh, longevity is less than in the richer regions. But I think what you're saying here is that that, uh, that effect is multiplied even more dramatically by the current crisis. Yeah, exactly. And I think the fact that these differences are so stark by occupation and starker by occupation than they are just um, by the deprivation of the area you live in suggests that it does have something to do with the health risks you're taking on by going out to work, taking public transport, and in the case of healthcare and social care workers, directly coming into contact with the virus. Thank you, uh, Xiaowei. Um, we'll come back to some of the other issues um, facing uh, uh, much of the population uh, in a minute, but I want to move. Uh, I want to move on to talk to Ross, who's been looking particularly at the effects of the differential effects of the coronavirus on people from different uh, different ethnic groups. So Xiaowei's just um, told us that the economic effects and the health effects are really quite different according to uh, income, age, and social background. And I think, I think, Ross, you find the same thing when looking by, uh, by ethnic groups. So could you, could you start just by telling us the the very broad picture of how death rates uh, so far have uh, differed by uh, by ethnic group. Well, the NHS has been publishing um, a breakdown of of deaths by ethnic group in English hospitals for for a number of weeks now, and and what that data has shown is that there is a lot of variation between different ethnic groups in in the number of deaths that they've suffered uh, relative to their overall population sizes and a lot of variation between minority groups as well, which has really highlighted the importance of, of disaggregating minorities into their different constituent groups to understand the overall um, inequalities that we observe. Uh, so to give a couple of examples, one of the worst affected groups seems to be the uh, Black Caribbean population, which has suffered um, deaths at a rate of, of almost three times that of the population overall. 
And then at the other end of the spectrum, we've seen um, some minority groups, such as the, the Chinese ethnic group and the, uh, the various mixed ethnicity groups in the country, suffering uh, far fewer deaths in the population um, relative to their, the size of their own population. Uh, so, yeah, a lot of variation between different ethnic groups. So a natural question to ask is whether any or most of that can be explained uh, by other things. So is it, for example, the case that that Black Caribbean group that you've described as having astonishingly three times the rates uh, of deaths of the of, of the white group, is it because of where they live? Are they living, all living in areas of London and West Midlands where there are very high rates of um, uh, coronavirus relative to the rest of the country? Is it because... Uh, they're older than the, um, uh, the, the than the white population. Can, can can you explain it like that? Well, those two factors, uh, where different populations live and the overall age profile of, of populations, are certainly two key risk factors in relation to vulnerability to the virus. Um, and we've looked into this uh, in research at the IFS, and what we found is that although those two factors seem to be able to explain differences between some minority groups. Uh, so, for instance, the, the Black Caribbean group is a population that is um, much more elderly than other minority groups and also particularly concentrated in London. So it does seem to be doubly um, exposed to the virus on those on those grounds. And that those two those two factors do seem to explain differences between minority groups. However, what they can't explain is differences between uh, minority ethnic groups and the white British majority. And in fact, once we take into account the the age profile of, of minority groups, which are in general um, younger than, than, the, than the white British majority, we would actually expect to see um, lower rates of fatality among most minority groups than the white British majority. And that's not what hospital deaths data is showing us at the moment. So it looks like once we take into account these these key risk factors, um, the inequalities are almost more stark than, than they might first appear in the in the raw data. Wow. So the, the differences in the, the raw statistics um, are big, but in a way you would, um, uh, they're even bigger than they first look, because once you account for the fact that in particular, the ethnic groups are younger than the um, the white group, uh, you'd expect their uh, death rates to be lower, not higher. So are there other possible um, explanations? I mean, if, if one looks at the underlying health of these groups or the sorts of occupations that they're in, can that help explain some of the differences in death rates? I think both of the things that you've just mentioned are likely to to play a role to some extent. And um, for certain ethnic groups, uh Particular factors might be more more important than, than others in, in explaining the, the inequalities that, that we're seeing. Um, so, taking first underlying health conditions, we know that those with underlying health conditions are uh, particularly vulnerable to the virus itself. And when we look across different ethnic groups, there are big um, inequalities in underlying health conditions, uh, which would put individuals at particular risk, such as diabetes, such as um, cardiovascular and respiratory problems um, and these inequalities are particularly stark in older age groups so once we look at uh, populations over 65 for instance uh, in the Bangladeshi Pakistani and, and black Caribbean populations the prevalence of these uh, at-risk health conditions is much higher than in the white British majority um, and of course occupational risk which is already 
um, been mentioned by Zhao Wei earlier and, and those ONS figures are, are quite striking. Occupational risk seems to be uh, a key factor as well. Uh, so if we think about the the concentration of, of different minority groups in uh, key worker roles in general and in health and social care roles in particular, there is again a lot of variation with the, the Black African and Black Caribbean groups, especially concentrated in, in key worker roles. Um, and interestingly, when we zoom in on, on health and social care, it's especially male minority uh, male minorities, which are uh, much more likely than the white British majority to be working in these roles, which is relevant because of the uh, difference in vulnerability between men and women. So overall, there's, there's a number of factors which could be contributing to the inequalities we're seeing in, in mortality and um, both occupational risk and, and health conditions seem likely to, to play a role. And some of those key worker statistics are really quite dramatic, if I remember. The uh, probability that um, particularly, say, Indian men uh, and Black Caribbean, um, Black African men are working in the health and care sectors are multiples of the probability that uh, white men are in those sectors. Yes. Yeah, so for Black African men, they are four times more likely um, than white British men to be working in, in health and social care. Um, Indian men, two and a half times more likely to be working in health and social care. Uh, so, yeah, really striking differences. And beyond health and social care as well, there's other examples where minorities seem to be concentrated in, in, in roles that might put them at particular risk. So one occupation that the ONS analysis has highlighted is, is security guards um, as being a group which has experienced very high um, age standardised fatality. And the concentration of, uh, of, of black African men in, in this, uh, this occupation is also really striking. Um, so it's not just in health and social care, although that is a, a, a sector which seems to be um, standing out for a number of minority groups. Uh, well, well th- 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 thanks very much for, for taking us through those details on the different effects on ethnic minorities, Ross. Now, let me just briefly come back to Zhao Wei with a, another um, couple of questions, because how, whoever's been affected by uh, the um, loss of jobs and the, and the furlough scheme. Uh, Many millions of them have been pretty well protected by the furlough scheme. And the uh, Chancellor announced um, just earlier this week that that scheme was going to be significantly extended. Uh, But but Xiaowei, what happens to the um, 2 million or so who it looks like uh, have moved on to universal credit and job seekers allowance over just the last uh, six or seven weeks? So, so if these are people who've lost their jobs as a result of um, the uh, pandemic and the lockdown, then we would ex- expect them to see a big hit to their income. So on average, um, individuals who lose their jobs and go on to UC instead would see um, their family incomes cut by half. Now, that's much less generous than the Fallow scheme, which covers up to 80% of people's um, earnings. So that's a, that's a group who will be, at least in the short run, really, uh, really badly affected. Um, there's also, of course, all sorts of other differences between people in their capacity uh, to cope with this, um, with this period. I mean, one example is that different people uh, have different levels of savings, uh, different levels of debt, uh, and spend their money on different sorts of things. 
Um, what, what, what do we know about how, how those sorts of inequalities might be playing out over this period? So these are all things that I think are likely to exacerbate existing inequalities. So starting with your point on spending, we know that there's differences in spending patterns by income. Um, so if you look at the bottom fifth of the income distribution, um, people in the bottom fifth spend more than half their income on necessities like housing and groceries, whereas those in the richest fifth of the income distribution spend most of their money on non-necessities, um, including a third of their spending going on things like holidays and restaurants and transportation, which presumably they can't spend much money on now during the lockdown. So it's likely that a lot of these rich households will actually be forced to save during the lockdown, whereas the poorer households who rely on the spending for their income will take a hit to their income and actually find it very difficult to adjust. So overall, we've got a, a very complex uh, pattern here and not a very uh, attractive one from the point of view of inequality. What Zhao has told us, uh, broadly speaking, is that those most likely to be negatively affected in the labour market are those who were on low pay to start with uh, and the young, exactly the groups who have done pretty badly over a long period. And she's also told us that uh, those in poorer areas are significantly more likely to be dying from the coronavirus than those from richer areas. And that, that, that uh, and that's even more dramatic than the already pre-existing differences in uh, illness and mortality, according to, uh, according to how well off you are or how rich the area is that you live in. So in all of those respects, the pandemic seems to be exacerbating existing inequalities. And what Ross has told us is that there are also big differences according to uh, the ethnic minority of which you are a member. And that's very different for different groups, that uh, particular groups like Black Caribbeans and Black Africans are significantly more likely to be uh, dying than some other groups. Uh, And uh, not only is the health effect bigger for them, uh, there's very different labour market effects, very high fractions of black Africans, for example, black African men who are working in uh, key key worker roles and in in health and care. Uh, And for other but for other groups, uh, for Bangladeshi and Pakistani men, they're very, very likely to be among those groups who can't continue to work because they're working in in driving in, in transport or in in hospitality. So this is quite a complex picture, but overall it's a picture which is seeing in the short run at least existing uh, existing inequalities uh, broadly uh, broadly exacerbated. How this plays out in the longer run of course uh, is uh, very difficult to predict. We may end up with a different kind of labor market going forward. We're clearly uh, going to end up poorer uh, on average than we were and it may be uh, actually, that the wealth of some uh, of groups who are house owners or with pensions may come down, so there may actually be an equalising effect of this in the medium run, which we uh, may look at in another one of these broadcasts. We will certainly look at some of the educational uh, effects, which we've not had time to cover this time round, because we know uh, that uh, those uh, children not able to go uh, to school at the moment. Uh, those from uh, less well-off backgrounds are often more badly affected by missing out on school and childcare uh, than are some others. So there's lots of additional things one could say about inequality, uh, which we will do uh, in future broadcasts. But for now, I think we'll bring this one uh, to an end. Thank you again for joining us at IFS uh, Zooms In. 
we do hope you can join us next week as we continue to unpack the unprecedented effects of this coronavirus pandemic. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to follow, share and like us. And you can always stay on top of our latest work by visiting www.ifs.org.uk. Stay well and we look forward to speaking to you again soon.